Welcome to the Tuesday Review. I'm Nathan, as always, joined by Callum and James in the studio. How are you going, guys? Yeah, not bad. Same as always. Yeah, yeah we're here. Um, it's still Halloween. Spooky Halloween. Spooktober. Spooky, scary skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. We should open with a scary song. Doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, due, no to, um, no. due to real life being the way that it is, I haven't managed to watch as many spooky movies as I thought. I'm sure None it's of the same have. with you boys. Yeah. We had these big plans I, to watch oh, all these movies I, and I they kind being, of just fell apart. I was going to, but I got sick after PAX. Like the day yeah. after last week's show. you didn't wear a mask. Yeah. Too yeah. cool for school. 80,000 people. I don't need to wear a mask. I'll when be I, fine. When I saw you guys after PAX, I'm like, hang on, why aren't they sick yet? And I was like, okay, I, I was did, just... I, got, I, did, I was fine. Yeah. I copped it as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, friend, friend of the show, Alex, he was an enforcer at PAX. He also copped it pretty hard. Yeah, he was working. He, he, was, um, he was masked up too. He didn't. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. Yeah, we all there three days interacting with so many people. Yeah, being he, the, uh, he had yeah. to interact. With that, so I, people. I just didn't have the energy to watch horror. I was wiped out. I like, so I ended up just watching The Simpsons until I fell asleep. Like, <laughs> I can't do just else. watch all the Treehouse of Horror episodes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've been super busy, but I've been like making it a, a priority to, you know, watch as many horror movies as I can. So I done done pretty good. I think the um, problem with working shift work is that I never really know. I have a contract, obviously, but I never yeah. really know if I'm going to... Like, they move my, my hours around all the time, so yeah, sometimes yeah. I'm working nights and then I don't have enough time to really sit back and enjoy a film yeah. or if I have to get up early in the morning. Yeah. Like, it's hard to budget my time when they're... Especially yeah, recently where we've got people from the team who are sick or injured at the moment, they can't work. So it's throwing everything out of balance. Yeah. So it's, it's it happens. So it's, yeah, it's still uncertain. And that's why, I mean, we, we even talked about it, you know, a few episodes ago. It's just like, from now on, we're just going to talk about whatever because yeah. it's hard to plan out episodes yeah. and say, oh, we're all going to watch this. Yeah. And, you know, money's tight. Time is tight. Yeah. And the world is a horror movie on its own, <laughs> let alone us watching <laughs> fictional horror movies. But speaking of horror movies, we did all see the new Hellraiser movie. Yeah. Last week or the week before? Uh, it was a little while ago A little now. while ago, yeah. yeah. We watched it. Um, I guess we can start off with non-spoilers, but anything we do spoil is not going to ruin the movie, I, d- I don't think. No, look, it's... If Except you've seen for maybe like the very, very end, I'll say if you've won't s- spoil. If you've seen the first Hellraiser, you have a good idea of what's coming. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's based on a... Uh, Clive Barker work called The Hellbound Heart. Yeah. And uh, Clive Barker is very dear to us in the studio. He's a yes, we've uh, talked about wonderful English writer, genius man. We love him very dearly. Yeah. Um, he, he's, uh, ma- he's slowly making a comeback. Yeah, he was sick for a long time. Did we talk about how he was sick? I think we've talked about this. Uh, yeah, he had um, de- some type of, I think it was a root canal. Toxic he had a dental, shock. Yeah. yeah, he ended up getting toxic shock syndrome from yeah. uh, so he's been dental sick surgery. and. 10 or so years. He hit him really hard, but he's, he's slowly getting back. He's, yeah. he's got his fingers in some pies at the moment. Yeah, but um, we've talked about him before. He's like one of Callum's favorite authors. Yeah, one I, of the great kind of horror, yeah, dark he's like fantasy my, authors. Depending on the day, he's, he's in my top three, but the yeah. position depends on the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he wrote The Hellbound Heart. Which then he made a movie based on it called Hellraiser in the 80s. Yeah. And it's was, yeah. like... It's become a classic horror movie and gave birth to a classic horror iconic villain, Pinhead. Yeah. Um, but it was always kind of the lower rung. It's like never like very, not like super high budget, not, yeah. not very all, polished. Yeah. Um, the first two movies are really good. And then after that, they kind of get progressively cheaper and... They fall into straight also, to DVD territory. Yeah, they also and, get get more distance from Clive Barker himself. Yeah, exactly. He was only involved <laughs> in like the first two, and then the further they get, 
um they also started doing a thing that a lot of horror movies and a lot of just cheaper movies do lower budget movies do where they'd like get a just generic horror script and then rewrite it to have like Hellraiser-y stuff in it. It's like, yeah. oh, and then Pinhead uh, shows up. And so, like, they get... Yeah. The, the progr- Cloverfielding. Yeah. Well, not even probably worse <laughs> Proto than Cloverfielding. that. Yeah. Um, but I'm a huge Hellraiser fan. I've seen all the movies, even the really dodgy ones, multiple times. I spent ungodly yeah. amounts of money. We don't talk money. about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Getting them on Blu-ray. It's funny. It's very hard to get them on I saw, Blu-ray. I saw a collection on the net of four movies and it cost like 60 bucks or something. And I was like, oh, that's not too bad. Maybe James, maybe when James bought them, the market was at a high for him or whatever. Yeah. And so me being the naive little boy that I am, I'm like, oh yeah, that's fine. I'll let me tell you how much this will cost. And then you, you expand your scope past the, yeah. uh, that box set. So you get the, all and the... then you get to like, you know, Hellraiser 7 or whatever. And it's like $120 yeah. on Blu-ray. So I'm like, oh, not... I'm like, this is what James was talking about. It's, it's, yeah. it's one of those Adobe Photoshop kind of things where it's cheaper to fly to America and buy it than it is yeah. yet it's shipped in here. Yeah. Yeah, so needless to say, I acquired them through other the more dubious means. Yeah. But it's one of those things where we talk about the ethics of it all when the studios that might have bankrolled such movies don't really exist anymore. Exactly, and the, it's the, such a mess. Even if you were to buy them, the money's not going to go into any of the people who made the movie's pockets yeah. anyway. So you're, They've you're been just, out of print for so yeah. long, it's like... It's, it's like the people who are profiting hand. are like collectors or, you know, the yeah. third-party sellers anyway. Yeah. So it's like there's no, in my opinion acquiring them through more dubious means no. there's no ethical concerns there. No, no. Because what, that's what frustrates me about the being people like us, for example, who love movies, who love games and music, yeah. is that there's like movies like the Hellraiser franchise and other franchises mm. where it's, it can be very prohibitive. It can be a, a prohibitive oh, medium. Especially in Australia where a lot of these releases were only released in the US. So yeah. even if you do happen to find the one, you know, out of print Blu-ray that some collector has decided to sell... Um, then you have to worry about shipping and the US dollar yeah. is so much stronger. And then than... for some of these films, it'll cost 60 Australian dollars for the movie, mm. but then they'll charge you 70 Australian dollars for postage. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, ah, the old eBay scam. Yeah. Of like, yeah. It don't worry, man. The movie's a reasonable cost. <laughs> yeah, the movie's but it's going to cost me $100 love, to get it yeah. to you. I love when it's like a final Blu ray, it's like $3. I'm like, yes. And it's like $40, $50 postage. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's such an obvious scam. I don't know why they don't really do anything about it. It's, like, it's, it's, it's jokes yeah. on you. It'll get shipped in the nicest box you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's better that it gets shipped in a good you know way and not just come all you imagine you buy smashed. one of the Hellraiser movies and it gets shipped in um, the one of the configuration boxes that would be amazing <laughs> yeah like, turns out the like, guys, a bo- like a box printed with like yeah. a print yeah. the guy's like a, like a master craftsman yeah that would be oh yeah I would yeah you'd pay for the box you'd <laughs> yeah. screw the movies but yeah I have acquired them all over the years I've seen them all multiple times I'm a big fan of the franchise yeah and just the idea of that you know weird. yeah and Clive Barker is the master of like that psychosexual yeah. kind of BDSM, like weird. He really took the idea of like a horror liminal space to the masses, if you know yeah. what I mean. Like the the whole thing about the um, what are they called? The uh, Cenobites. Cenobites, yeah. Like that they, they come from a liminal space, and I just love that aesthetic, that idea of like the yeah. the revolving doorways, or the, you'll open a door and then suddenly it's there's kind like, of a parallel yeah. dimension. It, yeah, yeah, I love that stuff. And yeah. like he's the master of that, you know. You look at the Weave Worlds and Imagico and all these other books. He tends mm. to play with this hell space idea, the other places with monsters yeah. and stuff. The kind of dark underbelly, yeah. weirdness. He's like, I've I've read, and I, this is something I've read that I think is funny. It's not a slight on Neil Gaiman, but I've read that he's like. I slide on Clive, I should say. Yeah. 
people sometimes position him as a perverted man's Neil Gaiman. Oh, 100%. I think, that's, I think that's hilarious. He's the darker, <laughs> creepier, more like sexually perverted <laughs> Neil Gaiman. Yeah, because <laughs> they used to get confused. People used to confuse the two because they're, they're both English writers. And they're both... Like, they both came up from the yeah, 80s. Both, they, yeah, yeah, I'm like, it's hilarious. Yeah. yeah, no, it definitely makes sense. I, um, I wonder if like the, the popular current meme, the back rooms, I'm like, does that really have... Like, that has a little bit of... Oh, like, don't that get kind me started... Of, okay. We can take up the whole show talking about the background because I'm obsessed with that. Because that, that also comes from that, that idea that, of like the, yeah, the comes different the dimensions yeah, and the astral yeah, and that type of stuff. That you fall that. you fall through. I'm like, yeah, that, there's space. a little bit of there's a little bit of I guess we'll say Hellraisery kind of yeah, DNA it's a liminal in the space idea. In the I, idea I don't, of, yeah, I don't think no, so. No, because it connects it just, connects it's to that a, liminal yeah, space. Yeah, there's there's a there's a parallel world somewhere that you can access if you walk down the wrong alleyway or yeah for you know walk through the wrong door kind of thing it's a it's a horror trope it's not, it's not yeah. just a clive barker hellraiser yeah. no thing. no no it's a yeah it's a horror sci-fi fantasy trope yeah um i yeah. we won't actually no i won't even bring it up actually i will bring it up because <laughs> now i've said it and now i have to say what it is uh stephen king does it you know fairy tale uh, calendar yeah. reading it's like there's there's another world if you walk through yeah. a certain place. Oh, Narnia. Like that kind yeah. of, yeah. yeah. Alice yeah. in Wonderland, all yeah. the classics. Yeah. But anyway, Hellraiser, classic horror franchise. But the movies kind of got, you know, more cheap. And yeah. it's only for like nerds like me who really keep up with it. Um, they've been saying for... Because Pinhead was such an iconic horror villain up there with Freddy and Jason... And Michael Myers. Somehow he got there. Yeah, I, I guess he's, I mean, just, we talked about it with, uh, on last time when we were talking about horror movies, it's like, there's no horror iconic villains. Yeah. And it's like, it's because of, you know, just visually he's. He's very iconic yeah. looking, yeah. And Doug Bradley, the original actor, played him in like the first eight movies or whatever. So good. Yeah. Um. Well, it's interesting because like Pinhead established himself in the movies, but also like, Clive Barker's not afraid to license. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like there's like I mean he I'm pretty sure he wrote the comics as well, didn't he? Clive, did, did he? Clive Barker write the Hell the Hellraiser comics? I don't know. We should look that up. Because if that's I'd be interested in if I think he was involved he might have been involved with one or two or did he just put his name on it? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's like a Clive Barker presents thing. Yeah. But um so it's like I think it is justifiable to say he's an iconic villain, even if the yeah, franchise no, no, is he, no great. he was very popular in, like, in the nineties and you know, there's like an MTV movie awards sketch with Pinhead and all that and he yeah. was uh, on The Simpsons, he uh <laughs> was a Halloween yeah, it was like a Halloween uh, cameo or whatever. Um no, he didn't write it. Oh my god. The bad. um yeah, the yeah. first the first comic, uh The Canons of Pain, was written by Eric Saltz Gaber. Um, edited by Daniel Chichester and art and colors by John Bolton and lettering by Bill Oakley. Oh, very yeah. good. So unfortunately, nothing yeah, too much. No, because I with. think we would have known that if it was yeah. actually a written by. Yeah, but um, yeah, he, he Pinhead became an iconic horror movie villain. Um, but his movies were never maybe at the same yeah. popularity or level of uh, bud- the budget. Didn't enter the zeitgeist yeah. as high as. Um, yeah, this is not like the Freddy and the the, the Michael, J- uh, Freddy Jason uh, Halloween Michael, movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. but so over the last. 20 years they've been saying we're going to reboot it we're going to do another one we're going to you know remake it we're going to whatever whatever there was a tv show planned clive barker was 
uh, had a uh, reboot um, that he had an idea. An yeah, idea he'd uh, for. written a script. Uh, yeah, he wrote a sequel book to Hell, the Hellbound Heart, the first book, um, the Scarlet Gospels. That's the one. Came out in the twenty. You know, so the, the, I was kind of I was kind of frustrated when that book came out because there's a character he has. I think he's called Harry Demore or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like one uh-huh. of he's he's a recurring protagonist through Barker's work, mm. um, but the issue is that I think he makes an appearance in one of the books of blood. But my, like I I don't like the idea of having a protagonist who for such a big character like Pinhead and it's like the culmination of this epic story. Yeah. Where it's like you it's a character you already have to you already have to know him to get the most out of it. No, I think it's just like a shared universe thing. Like Stephen King has shared. Yeah, but like over. if if like for example like if you had the protagonist from the Talisman for example and he's like solving a in a different book that's yeah. unrelated kind of mm. I'm not going to necessarily if I didn't like the Talisman for example I'm not going to have to yeah. you know what I mean I'm like it's a shame that he couldn't made up a new protagonist to face Pinhead in this yeah. he used a which I get for Clive Barker nerds who I have guess, read the those stories it's pretty yeah. cool but the books of blood are also kind of expensive and there's like four or five of them Yeah but um yeah, so they've been threatening to make a new one for a long time, um, and they finally did. Yeah, and everyone was saying it's the best, this, that, and the other. Um, this happens frequently with horror reboots, oh, always, and horror remakes. The Halloween twenty eighteen came out. Everyone's like, "Oh, it's the best since the first. It's better than the first. It's the greatest horror movie ever." I didn't like it. It was fine. Um, <laughs> it was okay. But they did it with what was the other one? Now I'm all blanking. I'll think. We won't talk about the Evil Scream? Dead. Evil, yeah. I don't like the Evil Dead reboot. Everyone said it's the best. It's the best since the first. They, it's they better did, than the, they did it with Scream. The original Scream, yeah. But actually, it wasn't. But Scream, bad. but that's all meta, so it's all yeah, actually, connected, right? Yeah. Like, I would say with Scream, you don't have to watch any of the others but one for, to enjoy the new one. Yeah. But it's, it's the same thing, right? They yeah, keep yeah, yeah. rebooting. There's they, no originality they keep, anymore. They keep yeah. doing. They it's, keep doing the the long it, sequel. It's it's in that weird rebootful. Yeah, the reboot. They keep doing these rebootals, yeah. and everyone's eating it all up. And I haven't yeah, really yeah. been a fan of a lot of no. these. This is the first one that I say is a true. It's kind of a true reboot. It's in a, a way. proper reboot, but it's no. It's not a remake, thank God. Yeah, and but it's actually pretty decent. It's not bad. Yeah, it's not as good as people are saying. It's not offensive. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know what I think makes it different. It's like the other movies, and I haven't seen... I've seen the first three, so I haven't seen the... Hellraisers, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen four till a billion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but as you said, they're on the cheap side. So this is the first Hellraiser movie we've seen in a long time that's actually had some well, kind of proper weight behind what, it with some, some talent. Uh, there's always talented people in the yeah, movies, yeah. but what I mean is like, you know, celebrities that we know, if it's not just like a random... Oh, it's, has a bu- about, it has a little bit of a budget. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm getting at. It has a little bit of drive behind it. It's interesting because this new Hellraiser is... It's... It looks nice. It's very well executed, and it looks more expensive than a lot of the older Hellraisers. But as soon as the movie starts, it's in Serbia, and I turned to you guys and I said, "This we is had hilarious," yeah. because the old Hellraiser movies and a lot of old B movies used to film in like Eastern Europe countries because it's really cheap. Yeah. So there are actually a few uh, Hellraiser movies that are shot in Eastern Europe, even if they don't take place there. Um, and I'm like, it's the same thing. They're doing it again, yeah. except this time, they're the, like, it's no, no. In. I don't think that at all. No, uh, it's like this time. It's just 
more polished and more professional and it looks nice and it looks more expensive regardless of i think yeah. it's actually kind of a lower budget not low budget but lower budget yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and we talked about it. we can you can pull off horror movies pretty cheaply but i think they do a good job of making it look yeah, definitely. Higher budget. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sense. There's not so there's not a lot of sets in this film. It's there's only a few locations. I should say. Yeah, there's say. only a few characters. Um. So they've that they you they. It's this. It's it's like I said. It's basically the same as an older Hellraiser movie, except yeah. it's more polished. Use today's techniques. And yeah, the yeah. technology, the cameras are better. Yeah. You know, it's easier to film on digital. They whatever. use what they have well, yeah. well enough to make you think it's a bigger budget movie than it might. Yeah. Necessarily be. But at the end of the day, it is just basically another Hellraiser movie. It has a lot of the same constraints and a lot of the same tropes. And while it doesn't retread exactly the story of the older movies or the original movie, it it's nothing we haven't seen before, or yeah. at least I haven't seen yeah. before. Yeah, look, if you've seen a first Hellraiser, you probably, you know... Yeah, like, if you've seen the first two... You probably like, know what you get. Yeah, and I think the first two are still the best. Like, this movie is good, but... So you're telling me Hellraiser six isn't that good? Wait, which one six? I, <laughs> I, I was just pulling a number out. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. Oh, oh, I have to check which one because you know the, they all they're all interesting. They all have interesting yeah. things. You know, one, Scott Scott Derrickson did one. Can't one, remember which like, one that obviously one is. limited. Inferno, I think. Don't get me started. Please don't get me started. I have limited exposure to Hellraiser outside of the first two originals and the yeah. new one, right? But one thing I've always been interested in in this franchise is. Exploring the law outside of the box. Like, are there other items? Are there yeah, other? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'd yeah. like to. I'd like to learn more about the universe. The origins of, of the yeah, the like the origins of the yeah. configuration box, right? The origins. Well, there's the fourth movie. Kind of goes into that. Adam Scott is in the fourth movie in one of his oh. early roles. It's hilarious. Weird. Like, yeah. But like, I'm. I'm interested. It's like Paul Rudd was in like, like Halloween Six. Like yeah. that, that. That kind of generation of actors were in yeah. like. <laughs> early, early in early in their careers, were in horror, bad like, horror movies. I'm interested to see more about that world. Like, obviously, I would say that box can't live alone. You know what I mean? There must be other yeah. kind of relics. Or I think, like, this is what I like about this new reboot. Even though it's not the best movie, it's not really anything we haven't seen before. It does effectively set up the world and the law for a new generation of yeah. people who haven't seen the old Hellraiser movies to go back and explore yeah but it's also not insulting to fans like me who yeah. have seen them all yeah. because a lot of these reboot cools it's just like lots of mindless exposition yeah a lot of uh, nostalgia member berries, member berries yeah. and a lot of um, retreading and a lot of just laziness and a lot of doing things that aren't really in the spirit of the originals and then yeah. pretending like that's either because you're smart or meta or because you're better than the originals. Yeah, yeah. This movie doesn't It's not trying to that. subvert Hellraiser. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, we're going to give you a good Hellraiser movie. It might not be the most original thing ever, but, you know, it's a good uh, entry point for newcomers. Yeah. 
and it's a good starting point for potential more sequels. Well, that's yeah. the thing and as well. And it's also a good movie for people like me who's like, oh, yeah. more Hellraiser and it's done well. Cool. Yeah, well, it's not, yeah, that's it. That's the, I think, as you said, this is probably the greatest thing about this movie is that it doesn't, it's not insulting to fans, as you said, yeah. but it's a nice entry point if they want to move forward because they would have had, if they're rebooting it properly, and really reintroducing is probably a better word, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's like you have to introduce this franchise to a whole new set of people and it's going to be jarring if you just cater to the fans be like, no, this is number X whatever like mm. say the scream right it's not yeah. it's well, that, that's, it's had more a sequel than a reboot that's why but it's all like these, they're finding the right balance yeah, that's one thing I don't like about all these movies is like they're all called the original movie name without yeah. the number because yeah. if you put the number then people it's obviously a marketing thing because then yeah. people who haven't seen the last eight yeah. or whatever are yeah. going to be like Oh no, I can't see this one. I haven't seen the previous yeah. seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then also it's like so they can What if can they make a callback to four? Yeah. yeah. So but then they can also reboot it and like not have to worry about yeah. stuff that they don't like or whatever. So yeah. it, it, this is the first time where it felt okay. Yeah. And it yeah. didn't feel sleazy yeah. and cheap uh, like, yeah. and mean spirited. On, on the kind of slider Yeah, on that slider between like sequel and reboot where the reboot call lies. This yeah. is, I know this is more this of a is reboot. A full, yeah, I think this reboot, is a full reboot. But I, it strikes I the right balance of kind of being an entry point movie, yeah. but also... Respectful being of respect- the originals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think one of the things that helps this film is the fact that, I mean, yes, it's it's a brand new entry point, as you guys were saying, but it's also a brand new pinhead. So that, that gives yeah. it that fresh coat of paint, if well, you will, because Doug Bradley did an amazing job. Yeah. And like he's, as you said, he's like the iconic. But he must mm. be getting um, old. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. But he's, old he's old man pinhead. He, the, the last time he did was 20 years yeah. ago. He's yeah. the iconic pinhead. Yeah. But Jamie Clayton decided to take on the role. And we knew well, Jamie Clayton from Sensei, Sensei which is yeah. a show that we all love. Yeah. Um, but I think her star might be... I mean, her star rose with Sensei to begin with. You well, know, she was that one show, of the, yeah, I don't know if you... Do, is a, well, a mainstream Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, maybe not. But um, she knocked... I reckon she knocked it out of the park with this. She well, did a fine that's job. One well, thing for the I, five minutes of her screen time. <laughs> well, there no, two yeah. things there. One, I like that Pinhead isn't just... Yeah, it's like not the, the pinhead main character. Yeah, it's not the yeah. pinhead movie. Yeah. It's yeah. Because you have to have like good main characters and whatever. Yeah. This movie has okay characters. They're typical horror movie yeah. characters. Nothing special. Um the other thing is, so because Doug Bradley as Pinhead was such an iconic horror movie villain, is basically like like Robert England as Freddy Krueger. You can't have Freddy Krueger without Robert England. Yeah. You can have Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees without some of the original actors because there's they, they don't, don't speak face, yeah. they don't yeah. you know they don't um ha- they don't show their face yeah but I think personality is such an important part to Freddy Krueger that you have to have Robin England yeah personality and voice is such a important part to Pinhead that you have to have Doug Bradley and so the last couple of like sh- dodgy straight to DVD um hellraiser movies where uh doug bradley didn't do pinhead they were obviously trying to recreate that version now it's they got another yeah. actor to do yeah the same look the same the same look yeah uh, the same attitude. like you know an american actor played him in the last uh movie before this one and but he put on like an english accent because doug bradley as pinhead has that voice so it's like they're trying to recreate the yeah. The original Pinhead. What I like about Jamie Clayton as Pinhead 
is it's a different interpretation. Yeah. One, it's closer to the description of Pinhead in the Hellbound Heart, the original Clive Barker novel. Which we like. That's yes. always that's always Which, a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And two, it's just like Oh, it can still be an iconic horror movie villain, yeah. but doesn't have to be a ripoff of the original actor, the way yeah. he looks, the way he speaks. Yeah, a different person can can embody it and bring something different. Yeah. Yeah, so I like I think that's one of the reasons this movie works as and not as a like it's not a pre- it's not a, yeah, it's not a pretender. It's a it's a it's a you know yeah. A solid entry into the franchise. It's not yeah. just a, like you said, it's not just a it's straight just to DVD like, yeah, thing. It's like we're not just going to, but even like the Halloween 2018, which, you know, wasn't a straight to DVD thing, was like a big uh, mainstream release. It's, it felt very like, oh, here's the thing again that you remember. And we got the original guy back and we got Jamie Lee Curtis back. And it's like this one was like, no, we're going to have a new pinhead, but it's, and yeah. it's going to be different, but it's not going to be. An insult, yeah, to fans of the original, yeah, because they're not trying to emulate Doug Bradley, yeah, and that would be insulting if they're just like, let's yeah. get another guy and do the English accent again. It's yeah, like, okay, we've seen this, especially because when you're trying to do what they're trying to do, like like a reboot thing, you can play with it a little as long as it doesn't feel dumb. So like, yeah, as yeah. clumsy as that sounds, like like they're trying to present a different version of that universe. Mm. So it doesn't feel like it's like you said another entry. I'm hoping they will do at least another film because they ended, they I did think, end it with questions. Yeah, which is one thing I love about this film is all good fantasy and all, especially all good horror leaves you wondering about the world. Yeah. So especially when it's like well, thematically complicated, like Hellraiser, like yeah. something like Halloween. It's like okay, there's a crazy guy on the loose. You know, and yeah, that's yeah. fine. But when you get to things like Hellraiser, which deal with kind of religion, yeah. but it also deals with like, like supernatural, kind of, yeah, liminal, liminal places. It deals yeah, with creatures. Uh, also, it deals with the human psyche, yeah. like that old thing. But like the the configuration box, I There's forget what they call it in the original configuration. Yeah, yeah. But like you, you get to that really cool, interesting world building stuff. And that, that's one thing I really like about this new Hellraiser is even though it wasn't great and it didn't do anything super new it's a good starting point if they if it does successful enough if it's successful enough and they do more they can branch out and yeah uh explore the law and yeah. explore the history of it more more than the um other hellraiser movies where after the fourth one they just started like you know getting the generic scripts like i said and they kind of stopped trying yeah. to look into the history behind mm, the, the yeah. puzzle box and, yeah. and pinhead and so on. But also you don't want to unveil too much of the mystery no. because that's not scary anymore. But I think in terms of the Hellraisers, that's something you can definitely play with. It's yeah. going to be interesting to see the reaction um, from the studio because like, it has more visibility from the outset, right? It's on Hulu. It was on the front page well, of Hulu, not straight to DVD. I'm like, at least they're showing... But it is straight to streaming. Straight to streaming, yes. In a way, is the straight to DVD of... I mean, like, yeah. to play Devil's Avocado as well, right? We're straight out of COVID. There's not many movies coming out of the theatres, and it's not an MCU well, movie. I'm it, like, they're also competing with some other horror movies in the market at true. the moment. And I'm like... I think, like, we we finished the movie, and I was like, I feel like Smile, which did, which was supposed to be a Paramount Plus streaming exclusive, and then they, they, they got a good buzz, so they put it at the cinema. I think Smile, even though there's, like, crazy jump scares and stuff, 
it was a bit and you know like we talked about it's like more of a psychological drama i think smile was more accessible yeah. whereas when you get to something like hellraiser even though it's got the iconic kind of creatures the cenobite and you know and it's it's a horror movie so they always do pretty well I think just the kind of torture aspect, the sexual aspect, yeah, yeah. it's, it's less, yeah, it's yeah, it's more risky and it's less um, accessible for a lot of yeah. mainstream audience members. So I can understand why they kept it on Hulu. Especially, but I feel like if they did put out the movies, I, I would. It's I'd funny because how well it did, considering how prudish American audiences can be. When yeah, it comes that's to, the thing. Although, that's like actually sex. that's actually something I want to talk about is like. Clive Barker does not, um, what's the word, censor himself? No. He's, that's one reason I love his books. Yeah. Uh, because the man puts his soul on the page. Mm, he, doesn't, yeah. he doesn't do concessions. You yeah. know what I mean? When he writes a novel, yeah. it's like, I imagine he sends it to the publisher. And he's like, this is it. Take it yeah, or leave you know it. I mean? like, yeah. You know, this sex scene He's here, like, no edits. Like, take no, it. Yeah, it's like, like, stays, like, it stays that one way. One of my favorite books by his is Imagica, and one of the creatures Keep is... Keep it clean. You know, no, no. <laughs> one of the creatures is genderless, but it can choose a gender. Yeah. And he plays with that idea mm. heavily in the book, and I'm like, there's no way that book gets made without him putting his foot down about some of the scenes in that novel. Especially whenever it was uh, published. Yeah, like the 80s, early yeah, 90s, they maybe. they probably would have freaked out. I mean, all of his books, I mean, have, books this, have this interesting yeah. play with I mean, sexuality and, books and magical powers, and especially in Hellraiser, it's yeah. the backbone of the Cenobites is yeah. this, as you said, uh, pleasure and pain yeah. idea. But yeah, taking well, all that into account, it's interesting and good to see that Like when we watched it, we watched it through Hulu, mm. um, and it was like on the front screen. It was yeah. like Hellraiser. Well, yeah, it's their um, new, new But release, yeah, no, that, that's good to see the fact that uh, it's risky and they're giving it the marketing oh, instead of just throwing it. Streaming is risk, not risky yeah. because it's yeah. streaming. But even, I mean, but, risky in quotation marks, yeah. it wasn't that And dirty. even then, it wasn't... It was and, clean and enough. That's something I said before we started. I said, guys, I want this on the record. If, this mo- if, the, if the Cenobites are from hell and are out to punish sinners, this movie loses a thousand points. That's not what the Cenobites are. When Clive yeah, Barker they created push the them, the limits of pleasure and pain. Exactly, Clive Barker created them because they're basically BDSM demons. They're <laughs> they're creatures that have pleasure. No can, moral pleasure compass, can only yeah. pleasure can only go so far before it kind of becomes pain, and they push it to the extremes. And people who quote unquote seek them out by solving the Lament configuration, the puzzle box, are not people who are bad and they want to be punished by the devil yeah. or deserve to be punished by the devil it's they're they're people thrill seekers people who want to go to yeah. the next step so before the movie started i said if they're like devils from hell yeah if there's any kind of sin or whatever i'm like yeah. this movie sucked luckily they didn't really do that yeah and the other thing i said is this movie has to have sex and has to get freaky and it then, did a couple times, it but it was still times. mainstream enough that but they yeah, were good at that. But yeah, it's still safe enough. And that's the thing. American movies <laughs> are very prudish. Even the most kind of ones you think are very extreme are oftentimes pretty tame, yeah. especially when you compare it to some like weird... Mars one tree. <laughs> yeah, weird European <laughs> movies, you know? And it's their prudish attitude towards sex... Violence, they seem to be oh, fine with. Man, yeah, <laughs> but violence is a way of life. Yeah, we've talked about it before. Show, show a nipple. Yeah, uh, they lose their mind. The movie gets banned. <laughs> yeah. You know, like Americans running in the streets. If you, yeah, if you swear, oh no, think of the children. Yeah. Do you blow yeah. a guy's head off on TV? Oh, it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, or Academy Awards. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. And like this movie, 
like I said, I liked it. But yeah, watching it, I'm like, American movies need to yeah. grow I, the F up. I think you liked it because it's fresh. It, like you said, but apart when you actually look at it, I say fresh is in, you know, it's it's like breathing new life into the Hellraiser franchise, which it's is kind of... It's a successful stag- reboot. S- it's stagnated yeah. for so long. Um, um, but it's not... I just, like in terms... It I'm, was a good film, but it wasn't... Uh, hype kills things. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, people hyped it up too much. But also, I'm what I was saying was more in, in general, not even just about Hellraiser. American movies need... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially when it's on streaming and it's rated R, uh, yeah. R in yeah. Australia, which R in America is basically our MA. Yeah. But when it's R in Australia, it's like, okay, this is a bit, maybe a bit more... Yeah, yeah, you're on streaming. Take the but, risks. Yeah, Who you got to upset? Take the risks, yeah. Um, yeah, so that, I just meant, in general, American yeah. movies need to... Embrace the artiness of it all. instead yeah. of instead like it's 2022. You know, people... Kids have seen everything online. Yeah, as, Don't kids worry get, about yeah, it. Kids get tablets and phones at four. Yeah. They've seen naked ladies on the internet. I'm sorry <laughs> to break it to you. No, Your six-year-old has seen things you yeah. wouldn't believe. Yeah, that's that, that, exactly right. The internet is such a different beast now than it was when we were kids. Yeah. And people need to understand that. It's like... I think movies also, it's weird. Like, movies have gotten more... <sighs> They got like, they got they've more got, they got, they've gotten tamer and safer. It's weird. It's like there's more there's more you can do in a movie now than you could do before. But a lot of movies now yeah, the, do yeah, seem they're, a bit they're a safer. Lot, yeah, it's mainstream it, especially. It, it's because of the familyfication, if that's the right word, of yeah. cinema. Everything now has to be an MCU movie and accessible yeah. to everybody. Yeah, there's no more. But also, even R-rated movies, like the yeah. ones that do come out. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're R-rated not... movies in quotes. You know what I mean? It's no, like no, quotes of violence, saying... and it's not. No, no, but like you think of a drama from the 80s or 90s, American yeah. mainstream R-rated drama, like not an action movie, not a horror movie, just like a courtroom drama. Yeah, but it's rated R because they're swearing and there might be a sex scene. Yeah, and you think of. A mo- they don't even make movies like that anymore. I know. But when they do, and if it is rated R, and if there is sex scenes and there is uh, swearing, it just feels more tame than it was in the yeah. 80s. It's, it's like, not as you dangerous. You don't see yeah. as much in terms yeah. of nudity. They don't say, they don't swear as much. The, yeah. You know, it's like this weird trade-off of like society as a whole has gotten more progressive, more open. Yeah, you you know, um, a devil's advocate. What would they have done to that movie if it was released today? Angel Heart. Angel Heart could not be made today. <laughs> they would never... No, no way. Yeah, no way. <laughs> that was an awesome film. Like, But even yes. if it did come out, at you know... I don't want it to come out today. No, no, but yeah. even, like that's what I'm saying. If it did come out, it's yeah. like, it wouldn't be the same. The whole the whole no. twist would be completely different. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, whole, the whole theme of the movie would be completely yeah. different. But like this is like just a tangent about yeah. the state of movies yeah. and the like, like society as a whole is more progressive and open... But our institutions, our governments are increasingly conservative it's, and restrictive it's an inter- it's because an in- they want to control yeah. people. It's an interesting philosophical discussion because we are a progressive society, but even in Australia, it's yeah. like... But our representatives only speak for the yeah. hardcore... The Christians. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But you look at the Hollywood... And that filters through to the it's movie. A bit, it's, it's, a bit was- it's a bit waspy. Yeah. yeah. You look at the, like, the Hollywood landscape... 
And like we were saying, we can be as progressive as we want, but they're still going to turn things down because they yeah. want to. And it's the capitalism issue. It's exactly. To bring them back. And that's what everyone I'm, wants to make the most money possible from every yeah. product. So all of the markets have to be as broad as possible. Yeah. And we talked about it when we talked about the rating system yeah. and how like there's there's a conservative corporate element and a conservative religious element that has a stranglehold on Hollywood studios yeah. and cinemas. And we also talked about it with like the yeah the corporate element of like to to make money and to to give off the air of being progressive it's like disney with the pride flags yeah, but behind yeah, yeah. the scenes they give money to yeah know, conservative, conservative politicians yeah. who want to ban gay marriage and so on and so it's that thing which yeah, it's pervasive all yeah. over the industry. But anyway, all, that's of, all of that to say that the yeah. whole Hellraiser back. But that's why. Yeah. That, it's just it's just because like I'm watching. Stop him. putting stop putting him in the closet. <laughs> Let him come out in, in gory <laughs> glory. Look, look, all I'm it's saying just, is put the Cenobites in charge of Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to go that far. But I'm just saying it's like you know I enjoyed this movie, but yeah, know, there's always just something that I felt even though there's like extreme like gore in this movie. There's always like something that I felt was hard. We we are definitely held back because there's not really that much swearing and there's not that much nudity. Yeah. There's no right? nudity, which yeah. is yeah. weird. It's Hellraiser. For a Hellraiser yeah. movie. Because that's the thing. It's like you know that the violence is allowed because of violence is okay. Yeah. But everything else we would get in a real Hellraiser movie that we would yeah. say produce. That's the thing. Like that's, he's like, no, we can't have. That's that. one no, of the reasons have why that. the first two Hell, Hellraiser movies are better, is because Clive Barker. Direct wrote and directed the first and was involved in the second. I don't know if he wrote it. He didn't direct it. I think yeah. he produced it. But like, there's definitely that element of like that kind Risk-iness. of risky Yeah, yeah. risky. Like a little dangerous. Per, like yeah. just more pervy and yeah. more more nudity and more extreme. Which um, is what the movies are all about. And I yeah. think also because this movie looks nice, even though it might not be the biggest budget movie, it's like it. They use their budget very well. Um. And I think it's almost too polished in a way. Yeah. I think one of the reasons the first... The first ones, are a bit, they're all a bit grimy, a bit yeah, raw. Because yeah. they're a bit cheaper. They're like the first two were like shot in England or whatever. And it's just like... They don't have that clinical look that you sometimes yeah, get Yeah, now modern everything's movies. a bit too clean, a bit too... Like the prosthetics, the makeup for the Cenobites is amazing. Yeah. One of the things I do like is the Cenobites look incredible. Yeah, they do. Um, and the practical effects are really well done. There's not a lot of CGI. There's, I, a, there's a little bit, but you know, yeah. I did enjoy. I did enjoy the millionaires. Uh, um, that, that, that was spoilers. Yeah. All right, we'll get into that. The contraption. Yeah, yeah the contraption yeah. looks awesome. But yeah. yeah, but in saying that, even then, I was like, there's just something a bit clinical yeah. and clean yeah. about yeah. everything, and that's just a problem with yeah. modern all movies, movies digital yeah. filmmaking. Well, film on film, people. Well, uh, <laughs> not even that it's just there's got to be something. I want my movies to look like X <laughs> but yeah yeah that, had good, that yeah. movie had um, good cool. <laughs> but I had problems with that movie look, we'll, we have to watch Pearl we is do it anyway, available we'll, talk, well, um, we'll, we'll be look we'll be right back we'll continue this discussion after this quick break you were back on the Tuesday review talking about Hellraiser um, yeah so basically it's a decent movie uh, before we go into spoilers yeah it's it, a decent movie it's a good movie uh, you know like I said for f- for fans of the original movies, it's kind of respectful and it does things, no, nothing we haven't seen before, but also does things well enough. Yeah. 
And the movie allows you to think about things as well. Like, but it's like I was thinking about, like Nathan said, the histories of the of the the stuff in the movie. It's a good, it's a good starting point for yeah. a, for a, a new new Hellraiser universe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, I think yeah. the same can't be it's said, fun. The same can't be said for a lot of these horror reboot calls. Yeah, yeah. it's just like they keep churning them out. Well. I mean, and it's not ex- yeah. It well, it's luck- like you got nothing here. Like <laughs> yeah, there's luckily, the, the three new Halloween movies. It's like you got yeah. nothing to work well, look, with here. Luckily, it's done now. <laughs> I'm assuming Halloween Ends is the final one in the trilogy. Well, so I don't know. Though. I haven't seen <laughs> it. <laughs> They'll bring him back somehow. I'm sure. Dumb. And look, you know, also this movie is the first Hellraiser in a while to be truly accessible. <laughs> yeah. Way, well, yeah. Easy yeah. to watch. It's got a proper. Yeah. It's a. You know, Are the others available release. on streaming? It's oh. maybe in America somewhere. But, but um, so what? The the new one is the new Hellraiser is available on Hulu now, and I think at the end of October it's available in Disney Plus in all other regions. Yeah, in the US. It's so does that mean Pinhead's a Disney princess? Well, yes. yeah, that's <laughs> that's what people are yeah. saying now. <laughs> Oh, see, like, that's a Kingdom Heart, Kingdom Heart world that I want to yeah. play around. You <laughs> make a Kingdom Hearts game, but with all the horror. Can you imagine uh, that, yeah. Sora? Can you imagine Donald Duck? Get, get the Cenobite uh, key. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that would be cool. We have such worlds to show <laughs> yeah, you, Sora. Yeah. You get the little, what are those um, amiibo things called? Amiibos. Oh, yeah, amiibos, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh man that would be great yeah um, going into more spoiler territory um, for a yeah, minute yeah spoiler warning um, spoiler warning um, as Callum alluded to the millionaire prosthetics was was uh, pretty Real good nice. yeah so th- like the there's that's a character we've seen many times in Hellraiser movies um, especially in the second movie where there's like the psychologist doctor guy who wants to yeah. you know use the Cenobite world for his own uh to get power or whatever. So there's this mil- millionaire character in the new movie. Spoiler alert, just in case. Yeah. We already said. Um, and yeah, he, he, he wants to open the puzzle box. Yeah. So that he can summon the Cenobites and he's granted their power or whatever. And of course it backs, backfires because of course. Yeah. Um, and he gets this like contraption that like plays on his insides. Ner- like it literally nerves, plucks yeah. at his nerves because like, you know, um, I think the whole thing he, is, is like what he wanted sensation or something yeah. like that, and um, so they Cause, gave cause him because he's so rich. He and he basically experienced everything. He wanted in to the feel something world. different. He wanted to experience. He wanted, what, yeah. So he wished for sensation. Of course, there's a monkey paw kind of wish, yeah, exactly. as it always yeah. is. And that's part of the thing of like what we were just talking about with the nature of the set of the sandbites is that yeah, is that the, their ideas about pleasure and pain are different than ours. Yeah. So when but you also, ask them. I feel like the movie needs to play with that more, but in order to do so, it'll get more extreme in terms of content. Yeah. Which won't happen because of the ratings, yeah. Yeah, it'll, get, it'll alienate more audience members and it will, yeah, it'll make it harder to market and whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think this is, it's something the Hellraiser movies need because Clive Barker is an author, as we said, who doesn't, you know... He yeah. doesn't pull punches. No. And so I think to fully explore the Hellraiser universe, you'd need to go not hardcore porn or anything, but you'd need to go a bit more extreme. You'd need to give it the HBO treatment. And I mean, old school HBO treatment where it was like, yeah. like you know, they weren't afraid to show things on screen. They weren't afraid to deal with heavy themes. Yeah. And I think just dealing like... Have you guys ever seen Shame with Michael Fassbender? Like the sex addiction? I know addiction? of it, but I've never yeah. seen it. It's like a drama about a guy with sex addiction. 
And it's like, that would make an interesting horror uh, Hellraiser movie. Yeah. But it's like, can't really do that without it being a weird, small indie movie yeah. starring Michael Fassbender. Like, a, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, but like having the, the millionaire character be like a sex addict, a drug addict, someone who's always trying to push the realm of sensation and physical sensation experience. Um, And then he finds the puzzle box and whatever, you know, that's more interesting because the the main character in the new Hellraiser movie, Riley, she has a drug problem, but really it's not explored. It's basically just there. And also, it's the safest drug problem she can have. She just... Yeah, she does pills or whatever. She does a few pills and... And, and, yeah, you see her do it once and it's just like... And even then, they use use her drug problems just... The only reason she has it is to cause an argument in the house to lead her to go to the park so the brother can get kidnapped. uh, And then the other characters don't believe her. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... It's it's, it's just used as a trigger point for the rest of the story. I feel like if the movie was more invested in, like, exploring uh, that aspect of it and it's like, what happens when you hit your limit? Yeah. Can you go further? The Cenobites are the only way you can go further. Like that's yeah. interesting, but again, that's very alienating to most audience members. Yeah. Um, well, tough luck. That's the theme of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's, it's like... also it's also more like as much as I love the Cenobites themselves and and the the you know the gore and the practical effects and the yeah. spooky Halloween um, horror movie elements, I think we talked about like with Smile and other movies is like the psychological element, the drama, the character drama. Is what's the most invested? It, well, it's the like, foundation. In, in, yeah, gets you the most invested. Yeah, and I think da- the director of this new Hellraiser movie, David Bruckner, he did. Did you guys? You, you did you guys watch the Night House? Yes, I told you to watch it. Yes, the one with Rebecca Hall. I think so. Is that the one where her husband passes away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good movie. That's a really good movie. And what I really like about that is. It's basically all psychological. Yeah, I like the thing. I like the twist in that movie too. Yeah, right. And yeah. the the monster or whatever. Yeah, uh, you don't really see it. Like, it, that's a really good movie. Because at least I really like. I, I really liked because, it too. Because yeah, because it's got this like weird psychological. Callum, you like that movie. You should watch it. You watch it this Halloween. <laughs> it's on. Di- it's on Disney Plus. It's on isn't Disney it? Plus yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. Watch it this Halloween. It's really good. It is really good. And it's got this yeah psychological elements. Like, is it real? Is it not real? Yeah, that was in interesting and and um, had me invested. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, he also did the ritual. Do you guys remember when we? I watched do that? remember the ritual. I didn't, well, I didn't like that. Oh, that was okay. What was that one? Is, Is the it, one where those uh, the dudes guys, walk through the des- the, they, forest the forest? The, they get lost in the forest. Uh, ah, yeah, and there's like, oh, is it a Wendigo or some sort of creature? Yeah, yeah that's, that's, everyone was raving about it. Like this nah, is the best yeah, horror nah. movie, and was like, nah. we were like, yeah, whatever. Uh, that's not that good. Yeah, nice but the night house, yeah, check it out, Callum. It's great. But anyway, I think like yeah, that element, the psychological element, is very interesting. Um, it's always probably probably it's one of the strongest things a horror movie can really play with. I reckon. Well, it's what it's what gets you actually really scared. Yeah, like exactly. slasher movies where it's like the killer comes, it's like oh a spooky jump scare, 
But afterwards, you don't think about it. Yeah. The psychological that's why movies are the ones where afterwards you're thinking about it. Yeah, like yeah. when we talk you're about scared. like when we talk about Smile. That's what made Smile so effective. Well, look, yeah, th- they say that. The character is the most important part of a horror, even if you think they're not. Mm. And a character can be the villain itself in, mm. in some circumstances. But they say that they, a genre movie or a book, or a genre piece is just a drama where the genre intrudes. Mm. So if you don't have well, good, if you don't have a good character well, dynamic, the yeah. movie's only going to have a limited appeal anyway. I feel like we've talked about it many times over the years, but I think we talked about specifically one time where, like, it's the story and characters that really matter first. And that's yeah. where that's the drama. And then everything else is just color. Yeah. It's just like, you got a sci-fi movie. Well, the story and characters are what's interesting. The, then dynamics, the icing yeah. on the cake is just the fact that they're in space. How do they and respond have laser to problems and stuff? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that this new Hellraiser movie is a good start. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm hoping they do more. Um, I don't know how what the metrics are with Hulu, how successful it is. I feel like it's got a good I think it positive was moderately buzz. successful. There's a, there's a lot yeah. of positive reviews out there. Um and like we said, the hype is a bit too much, like it's not yeah. that great. But would you give it a television treatment? Like it like well, he, he's, what, what how do you think they should expand this this new attempt? Like I think that they were going to make a TV show and I think because of rights issues, there might actually be a TV show that's not related to the movie, which I don't like. Um, I don't know if that's still happening or not. Um, If you did do a TV show, I think it would have to be HBO because honestly, like... Everywhere else would give it be too much yeah. too clean, yeah. Yeah, much, and then not everywhere, everywhere else is still not cutting it as we talked about um, on other episodes. Um, but I think just doing another sequel, um, and just maybe just exploring the lore a bit more, the box, I think, cause I think w- one of the things I do like about this movie is that they introduced that the lament configuration, the puzzle box has different forms or stages. And once you solve them all, you can choose which stage you want to receive power receive. from. Yeah. So I can't remember them all, but it's like love. Um, knowledge was one power knowledge power love uh, sensation yeah and there's a couple more but I think that's um, that's that will be interesting to explore even if it's like more like uh, an anthology thing where you don't follow the same characters yeah each movie it's like different steps so, yeah it's like another character comes across the puzzle box that's interesting and, yeah and, uh, they, they want to find love because of reasons. Yeah. And you can play with that. Um, the different interpretations of yeah. the Cenobites and, uh, and the, uh, their values. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, like even even the straight-to-DVD Hellraiser movies that were generic scripts rewritten to have Pinhead and the Puzzle Box and that in it, they explore some of that. But I feel like now that we have those movies in hindsight and we have this movie which is a good starting off point i feel like we can probably they can do a better job of exploring yeah. those themes yeah and especially through today's lore. lenses yeah and hopefully doing something a bit different with it you know not just seeing the same things we've seen before yeah i think i would like to see more of pinhead i think pinhead doesn't show up 
up until like an hour in this movie and that's not a bad thing yeah but the human characters the main kind of cast they're not that interesting kind of forgettable yeah they're just horror movie characters are there to be chased and killed off one by one whatever um so and i think one reason one reason pinhead is a great horror movie villain is because he has a personality or she or it has a personality they, now and yeah. they in this in this case has a personality um and i think it would be wise for them to use that to their advantage yeah because you know one thing one problem with a lot of horror movie franchises is the iconic villain the jason the chucky the michael myers becomes so popular that people just want to see that character. Yeah. And so the more movies that, the more sequels they make, the more that character has to p- appear more and more, the more yeah. it has to lose its mystery, the more and more you have to see it. Until you get Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Until Chucky literally becomes the main character and all the other, the human characters are just there, you know? It's like, Pinhead, I like the idea of, is just a not background character, but is an antagonist, a, si- a yeah. supporting character to a human story. Yeah. But also I think it would well, be it's like good. The puzzle box is the real villain. <laughs> yeah. But it would be good. You know what I'm saying, right? It'd be good yeah. for them to take advantage of you have this character who can come out and say, ex- explain, n- not that they have to be all exposition, but they yeah. can explain kind of things. And yeah. I think that's why Pinhead works in the first two Hellraiser movies. He's like explaining things, and he's Cause like because because he's an he's an interesting villain when you think about it, right? Because like he has the chains, I he's guess. Also, but he doesn't. He's not like that active of of a yeah. villain. I also, think unlike Cenobites are interesting because they don't intend to be villains. Yeah, exactly. They're not bad, quote unquote. Yeah, they're antagonists. They're not yeah. villains. They're there to show to show you an experience that like of extreme proportions, which to us is like, oh well, that's just torture. They're evil, but it's like no, it's like. To them, yeah. They don't know we're intended. They're doing you a favor. To them, yeah. To them, they're pushing you to 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 some sort of enlightenment. Yeah. You know, and that's interesting to explore. Um, and they kind of do that at the end with the millionaire who gets uh, chooses the Leviathan configuration. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, and then he gets turned into a centipede, which again is kind of like from the second movie. It's not again not nothing we haven't seen before, but it's done well enough. And it's a good basis yeah. for... I'd also love to see the repercussions of that. Because you see, you see yeah. a hint Which of it. Which we may under- see in the sequel. Yeah, that's yeah, what I mean. Well, like, what, what does that feel like? Like, like that, what, is it, what well, is it like in that place that he goes? What is it like yeah. as he changes? In what Hellraiser, does that mean to him? I think it's Hellraiser 2. They show how Pinhead became Pinhead. He used to be human and stuff. And it's like, I, I always liked that. But... There is you. There is a danger of like, well, now you're just removing the mystery. Yeah, of the it. mystique of it all. Yeah. So I don't think they necessarily have to do that. Um, but yeah, they can explore. Yeah, there's more they can means. explore. With Even the just the larger cosmological th- yeah. stuff, like the yeah, know, the, that's, the that's Leviathan. What, I'm I'm just I love that stuff. The H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, hook it cosmic to, horror stuff. Yeah, hook yeah. that to my veins. Yeah. I don't have to see everything. Yeah. But yeah. just little hints, you know, a little shadow here and there to help just spark that wonder that I love so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, that just would be cool. the law, the slow discovery. Yeah, the slow discovery. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's when she gets the notebook even, and she's looking through yeah. the sketches. I'm like, that's what we love. It doesn't yeah, even have to be. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be that in your face. Yeah. Like maybe just like, oh look, here's some information about a cult one time, and here's what, what I, they like, thought was going we on. We talked about it with Smile, where it's like, 
you know, how, oh, how far back does it go? And we talk yeah. about with the empty man, it's like, oh, there's a history behind this. How yeah. far, like this uh, Eastern myth- mythology. It's like, how far back does, I like that stuff. Yeah. Like the HP Lovecraft yeah. stuff where they find a temple that predates like early humans. And yeah. It's like, it's like raises at, questions. Yeah, it's like Atlantis, yeah. but evil. <laughs> it's like how how far back does this go? It's like there's there's a, there's horrors, monsters in the world that predate yeah. humanity, that predate the, the sleeping, universe itself. Yeah, the sleeping gods. Yeah. yeah, it's like that's creepy. That's weird yeah. to think about. So yeah, they can always explore that. And yeah. and this movie, I wouldn't call this movie ambitious. Like Hellraiser Two is an ambitious movie for the budget and the the time it came out in. This movie is like I wouldn't say it's ambitious, but like if they can make another one, and I doubt it, I'll doubt they ever get a big budget. But if they can ever explore some of yeah. that weirder cosmic horror stuff, that would be interesting. Yeah, especially like like who's in charge of Pinhead? <laughs> you know, like I'm sure there is a person. The Leviathan. Yeah, but th- that's what I like about the Leviathan is is it's just a weird shape. And yeah, it's not. That's what I mean. Like I like, don't I don't want them to say oh the Leviathan's no. actually a god or a creature. I but how like does that. it? How does Pinhead receive like information or orders? Or like yeah, like you know what I mean. Like what does that interfacing look like? That's yeah. what I've always. That's why I've always wondered because mm. it does get into that. Like they call it heaven or whatever, but like come on, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if, know Pin, yeah. if Pinhead was in front of me, I'd be like, you're not poor, you know, <laughs> no, no. I'm not buying that but bridge see, you're trying to sell me. If he's in front of you, then you called him. It's <laughs> your own fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, um, it's a good movie. Go see it. Maybe I just want to um, push the boundaries yeah, it, of the podcasting. Pl- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> him on the the show, podcast the configuration. Podraiser. Pod uh, we joked about that, the <laughs> podcast configuration. It's like he's, you solve the box and we appear and just went rant <laughs> yeah, about movies. Yeah, just like, yeah. just complain about Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> your punishment. He just like screams, uh, like, ah. <laughs> Uh, look, we are all out of time for the life part of the show. Um, <laughs> yeah. For listeners, um, we'll be back in a minute to talk we'll about horror movies. In a minute, to talk about uh, to about yeah more horror movies and yeah. Hellraiser. Thanks for listening, everybody. You are back on the Tuesday review. Um, we were talking all things Hellraiser. Yes. Um, look, yeah, no, it, it's a good movie. I think it, it's it's a, it has potential. Yeah, it's worth watching if you're a fan of the other movies, um, or if you haven't seen any of them and you don't mind like gory yeah. stuff. Um, it's a good entry point. It's a good entry point. Yeah. Didn't yeah. raise quite as much hell as we would have liked, but it did, an, <laughs> it, it did an okay job for its audience, its target audience. Yeah. Um, yeah, but as it is Spooktober, you know, the boys have been watching uh, horror movies and stuff like that, and yeah. so we're just going to talk about horror movies and other spooky things. Yeah. Like the rising cost of living. Oh, God. Too scary. <laughs> not too not scary. that's too, too scary. scary. Too scary for this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'd rather get tortured by Pinhead than have to think about... <laughs> Bills and let me show you what the bills are going to look like in twenty years. <laughs> yeah. If if uh, Pinhead was a uh, accountant, it would be more scary. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, uh, I guess I'll start things off. I watched the we recently procured the f- new four K transfers, I guess, of Poltergeist and The Lost Boys. Did you watch Lost Boys yet? No, I'm, that's that's next up. That's one of my next movies. I'm let me watch. know when you watch that, so then I can watch my copy and we can. Yeah, compare notes. Dual watch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched Poltergeist on 4K. Yeah. And, I mean, it's a classic. I mean, yeah. everyone's seen Poltergeist. If you haven't seen it, please go watch yeah, it. Yeah, you're missing it's, out. You, you'd probably seen it referenced by numerous other numerous other things. Oh, yeah, Simpsons. My, least of all the Simpsons. Yeah. Um, But it's one of the all-time classic horror movies uh, produced by Spielberg, partially directed by Spielberg, apparently. 
Um, well, yeah, Toby Hooper, director of Cha- Texas Chainsaw Massacre, directed it. But over the years, it's kind of been revealed, if that's the right word, that Spielberg was on set most of the time doing most of the directing. I've never liked that story because I think it takes away from Toby Hooper's talent as a director. But as I was telling Callum before the show, like Toby Hooper had substance abuse issues and I think Spielberg was just trying to help him out like as a friend. Yeah. Um, And over the years, it's been, you know, it's always been that thing of like, actually Spielberg really directed it. Yeah. And I never liked it. I thought I always thought it was mean to Toby Hooper. Yeah. I I, I I don't think Spielberg was doing it because he's a control freak or anything. I think he was doing it to help out a friend. It does feel like a Spielberg film. (laughs) But it has moments of horror that are very Toby Hooper. Yeah, it it does. Yeah. Yeah. There are definitely Toby's in there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) But man, what a great transfer. One of the oh, best yeah. transfers I've seen. It, it's up there with the Shining transfer. The proper, yeah, those proper remaster 4Ks like, are yeah, amazing. It wasn't an AI upscale job, which we've seen before, where it's no. like it's slightly better than a Blu-ray, I guess. Yeah. But it's kind of, you know, who cares? Mm. But no, the transfer was immaculate. So the brightly lit scenes on my HDR OLED TV yeah. blew my mind. Yeah. I, I just, I said, to, I messaged the exact words I messaged to Nathan when mm. I was watching it. Poltergeist looks delicious, <laughs> which is like I said. Oh, yeah. Re-experiencing Poltergeist with such a beautiful transfer, such a fresh way to watch it. When you're watching, like watching a movie you haven't seen in a long time, that's always good. Yeah, watching a movie on Blu-ray or 4K that you've only ever seen on like DVD or yeah. VHS, even. It's like watching the movie for the first yeah, time. Yeah, I said that it rekindled that magic. You yeah. know, some, like we complain a lot about movies, but sometimes you'll watch a well, movie and it makes you happy. You're like watching it and you're like, the magic is still there. That's what I want to... And that's 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 you know that that's more about a testament to the greatness of Toby Hooper and the greatness yeah. of Spielberg yeah. as much as it is about just movies no, but, in general. But that's what I want to bring to this show because for years we just complain about bad movies because we're trying to keep up to date with the latest yeah. releases and we're trying to be accessible enough to listeners to to talk about things they might have heard of at least. Yeah. And and we want to keep up with the news and all that. But it's like one of the reasons I started this show is because literally the only thing I love is watching movies. Like the <laughs> yeah. only happiness I get is while I'm watching a movie. Like now I'm miserable. When I go home <laughs> and turn on the TV, I'll be the happiest man alive. And I wanted to share that with other people. You're happy when you're eating pizza. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. Pizza and movies. Pizza yeah. and movies. Okay. okay and I've seen it. Don't pizza, you like me? <laughs> food and movies. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. I'll buy it. Yeah. So, but it's like, I wanted to share that with people. It's yeah. one of the reasons I started the original show years ago. Yeah. It's because I'm like, I love movies. It's all I like doing. But I feel like we never, one of the reasons I always complain about the show is because we never, I don't think that ever came across. It's just we're the guys who complain about movies. To be fair, Star Wars exists and they ruined it. So I'm not going to... No, we, <laughs> we, were right, we were righteous in our anger. Yeah, I was going to say... Every time we've been angry about something or complained about something, we were right I, was a, I just want to so. put that out there. Like, we're but, not, we don't go out of our way to win. No, yeah. We're not whinging for the sake of whinging. Um, but yeah, like, that's why like, I wanted to be... Like, talk about movies that I actually yeah. like and want to watch. But one of the problems I found was it's like, I would watch an old black and white movie and you guys hadn't heard of it. And I oh. don't think it would be interesting for the audience for me to talk about it. And so then I just kind of lost interest in talking about movies that mm. I loved or movies that I had re- recently watched. Yeah. Um, 
but that's something I want to bring you yeah. know, back because also I, I know off the air you always say um, I'm gonna you know if I want to watch a movie I'm not gonna tell you guys to watch it because you know and then we'll review it and it loses the magic of the yeah look. that's the other problem but uh, I also do actually want you to be like hey I'm gonna watch this strange movie. Uh, but it's on this streaming service or whatever. Because I I, ha- I would like you to broaden my movie horizons. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we don't have to talk about the movies on the show. Yeah. But if you're like, hey, check out this movie. Mm. Like, I haven't seen many Fellini movies, for example. Yeah. Like, if you're like, oh, check this movie out. Oh, well. Because I want to broaden my yeah. movie horizons. That's something we can do off the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, off air. But, but you see, know what I mean. That's something I want to share with the audience. Yeah. So, like, if you tell me, so, we don't have to review it on the show. But if you're like, hey, check, I was reminded of this film. Yeah. Check this out. Let me know what you think. And then me and Nathan yeah. might watch it yeah. when we have time. It's something I we to can sh- come back around. It's something I wanted to share with the audience as well, but then I found it boring because I would be like, okay, whatever, you know, what is, what's everyone watched today? And it's like, and then I would kind of talk about it and then I'll be like, well, that was kind of boring. Yeah. But when we're all kind of excited and we're talking about something that we love, then it's, it's more interesting, I think. Yeah. But anyway, like you were saying like, yeah, watching a good 4K restoration yeah. of a classic movie oh. is... Like, like The Shining we watched The Shining it's like, yeah it's like no. a drug yeah, no. yeah, I, I was like, watching it and like I said I felt the magic there yeah. that's and why we love movies you know? movies like Poltergeist yeah, like, movies that don't make anymore even yeah. though we've been talking about good horror movies over the last couple of weeks new and, ones the know, classic horror movies the classic 80s movies like, still the best I don't like, want to spend too much time on Poltergeist because everyone's seen it obviously but there's that the, I can't remember her name the little lady who comes oh, to Zelda? Help. Yeah, man, she's such a cool character when she describes what's going on in the house yeah. and stuff like that. And you know, Spielberg. What did she say? This house is clean. Yeah, is that what she said. Like to- uh, Toby Hooper, I think Spielberg wrote this film, right? He has a writing credit. Uh, on it. let me check. I don't. I don't think so. He doesn't it's, usually write. Does he, he has a writing credit on this film, and that's 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 unique for Spielberg. Um, you can double check. I'll check. But one of the oh, one yeah. of the things Screen. one of the Screenplay by Spielberg, Michael Grace, and Mark Victor. One thing I love about Spielberg is how close he is to like the phenomena. Not to get not to get us bogged down in that shit. Um, you mean the ghosts, ghosts and aliens and spooky stuff. Yeah. Like he writes it from a really interesting perspective. So in Poltergeist, they start talking about the other place where the spirits go and yeah. how the dead are alive because they don't want to let go. But it's mm. not their fault. They're not actually evil. They're just confused. Mm. And I'm like, I love that stuff. She talks about the membrane between like the worlds, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, hook it to my veins, Steve. And you know what I like. <laughs> yeah. Same with uh, Close but Encounters. That- it's like just hook it all to my veins. He knows what I like. Yeah. Anyways, I'm, that, so, I'm so for ranting. I just love Spielberg. No, so no, much. that that, that, I, mean, that, that <laughs> I love a very specific year of Spielberg. I love no, I love <laughs> yeah. Spielberg. We've talked about 80s Spielberg. It's the next level. You know, and the fact that um, he did ET and then he he, he was on the team with Poltergeist like back to back. Yeah, like oh, he's a machine. Like, he did Jurassic Park and Schindler's List in the same year. <laughs> what a mad lad! You know, like, like just like use the way you got it, Stephen. Yeah, can he kind of be my friend? <laughs> come on the show, please, Stephen. You know, I just I love the man. <laughs> hey, his new movies come out. The Fablemans. Have you seen the trailer? For no, that? it's a uh, auto auto semi autobiographical. Oh yes, I know about that. Yes, I'm not sure how it's going to win all the Oscars. It's a movie yeah. about Spielberg making growing up making movies. It's gonna. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it'll break. It'll break the Oscars. All the old men who voted for the yeah, Oscars, yeah, yeah, yeah. they'll die. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, and we got the Lost Boys, which I haven't seen, which is going to be interesting to watch that in 4K. Yeah, because we were going to um, watch it together, but that's what you haven't seen, circus- it, have you? No, I've that's seen. Of, I've oh, seen Lost Boys. Oh, you have. Oh. Yeah, no, I've seen Lost Boys many times, but 
the 4K just came out. Yeah. And I got it and you got it. And it's like, let's watch it together. But circumstances, like we said, yeah. it's too hard. But what I'm saying is you watch yeah, it, you yeah, let yeah. me know, we'll, we'll I'll watch done. it. And then we'll have a watch party yeah. that's separated. By that's it. another thing. I think I said this to you off the air. Another thing we don't get anymore is saxophone solos in horror movies. They don't, you know, they don't make oh, movies like they used just to. Just wait till you see it in 4K. Yeah. It's yeah. going to blow your socks off. <laughs> yeah, now that movie's... Have you, have you seen Flatliners? Yes. That movie. I have. Awesome. That came out in 4K as well. I haven't... I, I don't think it's come 4K. out in Australia though. Yeah, I have you seen should, Flatliners. Yeah, you know why? It looks great. Our parents like that film. Good on them. Yeah, I think mum was like, you got to watch Flat... I remember years ago in our old house, and mum was like, Flatliners is a good movie, and it was on TV, so we watched it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that looked great. I you watched know, that recently too. We watched Beetlejuice when we were kids with our mum. That's and she's I'm like, I've never seen Beetlejuice. I'm to like, this day, she claims she's never seen it. I'm like, no, you did. No, it's a, it's a perennial yeah. argument we always have with our mum. <laughs> yeah. But we watched it with it. you when we were kids. And she's like, I would never watch that movie. I'm like, okay, all <laughs> yeah, right. No, no. That's another Tim good Burton one. movies need to be on 4K. And the fact that I don't think any of I them are. It should be a crime. Yeah. I watched it. Yeah. I tried watching it That's recently. That's not true. Batman's in 4K. I tried watching well, yes. <laughs> Batman and Batman Returns. I tried watching Those it, movies look amazing. I tried watching Beetlejuice recently in, on Netflix. And the transfer or whatever they've got is weird. It's not very good. Mm. I want to get it in 4K it sh- though. It's on Blu-ray. It shouldn't be too expensive. No. We've but got it on Blu-ray. I've got it on Blu-ray. I'm just being lazy. Yeah, yeah. Ho- hopefully the Tim Burton movies get 4K yeah. very soon. Because yeah. that would be incredible to yeah. see his um, movies. Yeah. Yeah. Very practical man. Oh, practical effects. Poltergeist. Best practical. Oh effects. yeah, eighties eighties horror movies. Best practical. Yeah, effects. like a, like there is CG, but even even with the CG, it's the CG that I love. It's not you CG. Know? It's like the where they draw on the yeah, but yeah. not in the dodgy B movie way in the yeah. kind of yeah. You know, it's classic. Like that, I I love draw the electricity on there. I love it yeah. so much. In the know? Ghostbusters way, where they yeah. kind of film the actors and then they overlay it with you know yeah and it ghosts and stuff yeah. it's so cool ghostbusters is another great it's so cool like yeah thing. i know to some people i'm a little cheesy but maybe it's just because i'm a nostalgia guy you know i like I, I live in the past i'm a man who walks around yeah. in a blockbuster t-shirt it's, but it's like i it's love a very that. hard thing being a, like a cinephile if you want to use that word and uh, i guess people think you're a snob or whatever but it's just like you watch old movies and you're like this is incredible how did they do that yeah and a lot of people just watch old don't watch old movies at all. They refuse. Yeah. But if they do, they go, oh, that looks cheap. That looks fake. But yeah. then they will dead ass go to see the new Marvel movie and go, wow, how realistic. Yeah. Well, and we, then, yeah, then there's, there's the bubble head. We've the- talked about <laughs> it. We've talked about it. They've been conditioned to be like bad CGI equals realistic because texture's nice and yeah. shiny, but old practical effects bad yeah. because practical we yeah. we had a I mean, we had uh, someone we knew a while ago quite a while ago a few years ago now he um never we used to re-watch movies i'm like why not he's like i've already seen it yeah that's yeah. weird <laughs> he's also his favorite souls movie was the phantom menace oh god <laughs> so i'm like yeah. there you go you know? <laughs> yeah but um there a lot of people like that exists a lot of people yeah. a lot of like, people i mean friends watch- of the show uh, christian the sound producer and his brother have never seen any of the original star wars movies yeah. and they, they don't, don't care they don't I, I wouldn't say they like movies. They've seen no. movies. They have their favorite. Actually, that's a good point. Yeah. But they're not, like, they don't care. Yeah. Really. yeah and yeah. I think a lot of people, a lot of mainstream audiences, we've talked about this many times before. A lot of mainstream audiences, they go to the movies just to watch, eat popcorn and watch explosions. Yeah, yeah. And they're not in it for the film. Yeah, yeah. They go out with their friends, family, whatever. Um, 
maybe they have FOMO and they don't want to be left out of the like new, Christian, the yeah. big new release. Yeah. So it's like, oh, Marvel, I don't care about superheroes, but well, it's the big new movie, so I've got to go see it. I think um, like um, Alan, for instance, mm. right? Until we really started watching movies with him and hanging out a lot, like he, there's a lot of movies he just hadn't seen. And that's not yeah. because of ignorance, that's just because he was no, never exposed. He, he even said, yeah. like, yeah. He, he admitted, he's like, I used to live under a rock. Yeah. Like we, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, the other day we were talking to him, we're like, oh, you haven't seen True Detective? Oh my God, you have to watch it. And he's like, what's that? <laughs> I know. And it's like, yeah, it's it's hard for us to believe that there are people out there yeah. who don't but know. Like, but he's not from a place aren't... of willing ignorance. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's from... different. There's a lot of yeah, people yeah. that just don't really care. Yeah. Like he's, he always, he cared. He just didn't know what he was missing out on necessarily. Yeah. And yeah, people so, have their different yeah. things. Like some people like cars, some people like hiking. I saw, like... this is, it's a, this is related. I saw a funny tweet uh, today it was uh, from an Indian lady who said that her dad doesn't understand <laughs> uh, intended audiences. So um. his favorite movies are like the Sex and the City movies. And like he like no, but that's he like no no he loves the Gilmore Girls yeah. and yeah but to to the daughter it's hilarious yeah because like he's invested in that shit well that's something like, but it's like she's like you know why people would think this is hilarious because you're a grown man who's yeah. watching Gilmore Girls and like invested in it but, but he doesn't yeah. care for like the more masculine stuff. I'm like see that that's funny though it's it's funny to it, it's, me uh, yeah. but it's also but kind of interesting that like it's the way media is supposed to be consumed yeah but technically we should break down those barriers yeah, and yeah, just no. be like anything you like you like like I've been trying to watch more and more of just anything. Like, I don't yeah. like musicals. I've been trying to watch more and more musicals and I enjoy yeah. them. Yeah. I don't like, quote unquote, chick flicks, but the ones I watch, some of them I enjoy. You know what? Some of them... Like my, a good, a good my big fat, a good yeah, my big fat Greek wedding. Yeah. Fantastic. Mind yeah. you, Nora Ephron. Yeah, Nora Ephron. Yeah, and Nora Ephron movies about are, this. You guys That's are, cheating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, <laughs> no, because... Anyway. That, is that cheating? About, <laughs> that, that horror, make, horror, horror. Yeah, we're talking about horror movies. Well, you know, any any romance movie can be a horror movie if you think about it from a certain aspect. Nor ever on the goat. I'm sorry. Dan. Um, do you, are you finished with your horror movies, or do you have more you want to talk about? Uh, no, I'm done. Okay. No, I'm done. Yeah. You want to? Uh, I mean, I've been sick this last week. I haven't yeah, had the I'm energy better. to watch horror. I just be watching. I just be. I said off here. I just be. I've been having like some hard times with you know being sick from packs and stuff. I just been watching that, The Simpsons before I fall asleep. Yeah. I don't have the mental that, energy for that, it. That's another thing is like horror movies can be draining more so than other movies because they the about it all, yeah. they're about things that are horrible. Yeah. <laughs> are horrific. <laughs> but I'll, I'll get on it for next week. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't yeah. have to. I was just. just yeah. Just anyway, what have you? Have you seen the new MCU no. Werewolf I know, by yeah, Night no, I haven't. TV special? No. Actually pretty good. You know well, why that is? I read that he, yeah. he kept he kept saying, can I put this in? Can I put this in? No one and said nobody no. told him no. So well, he made whatever look, he wanted. Obviously that's hyped up on the internet, but yeah. is yeah. it as gory as they allude to? Oh, no, not at all. It yeah. should have been PG-13. The fact that it was like MA or whatever they ended up rating it. Um, but I think it's pretty it's cool ridiculous. that he, they just let him do whatever he wanted. Yeah, but because like, we always complain, or I always complain, like I love the MCU. I watch all the movies. I watch all the shows, but they're very samey. They're very safe. They're getting kind of boring um, and repetitive, and they're too afraid to do anything yeah. uh, new. And they can't do anything uh, out there because if they do, it might ruin a movie that's going to come out in five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they can't use certain characters, one, because of rights issues, and two, because they might want to save that character for another yeah. movie down the line. Or it's a show. mess, yeah. So this like little Halloween TV special is like black and white and kind of like a MCU horror 
crossover um, was kind of interesting. It's like, okay, there are, it's not the most creative out there thing, but it was a bit more creative, a bit more different. It's got Jessica um, Jones in it, doesn't it? No, the actress just looks exactly like Kristen Ritter and oh. it's distracting. <laughs> okay. Because the main character, I forget the... Because I could have sworn it was just No, exactly. Jones. She looks exactly the same and it's distracting because you're like, why is Jessica Jones pretending to be this other lady, Monster Hunter lady? Um, but she was good, but it's distracting because they yeah. look so similar. Um, but the interesting part of it is it's, it's directed by Michael G. Giacchino who does all like the music for a lot of the MCU movies he did the music for the Incredibles mu- movies he does a lot of Pixar movies he does a lot he did some of the new Star Wars movies he does like a lot of, he did the new Planet of the Apes movies he does a lot of um, uh, scores for, yeah. for film so it's interesting that he's like branched out he's been able to direct this yeah. thing and that Marvel was just like yeah do whatever you want and we'll release it as an hour long special on Disney Plus the during Halloween the Lord, yeah the so way the Lord cool. intends it yeah. I think they should do more of these again and um, not Gets necessarily it. Halloween but just weird one offs yeah it's playful you know that's why I was kind of disappointed when the Marvel What If came out the animated show I was like cool just you know one off uh what if scenario animated stories and then that whole thing became very samey and it was all connected and then um doctor strange 2 came out i was like oh it's about kind of similar thing yeah it's like oh just can you do something a bit different yeah yeah exactly and now blade like the the directors left blade oh, it's like, oh troubled production with blade yeah it's and how can we do a blade movie and keep it without PG? blood yeah. yeah is blade worth it on 4k is it out on 4K? Uh, yeah, I think so. First, the first two Blade movies are dope. Yeah, especially that, the second one because Guillermo del Toro did the second one. Yeah, because I was going to buy that on 4K and I was like... Oh. It's good. Yeah, and the, the, Resident, good. the original Resident Evil on 4K is on 4K as well. I was going to buy that. That's a fun movie, the first Yeah, one. I should have bought them. I don't know why I didn't. Just wait till the next sale. It's not like they're limited. No. Um, yeah, yeah uh, I've still been watching the Chucky movies. I've watched the first five original movies. Are they any good? The first two... I think are good. Mm. Third one that you can like third one they rushed into production after the success of the <laughs> second one. Of course, it's it's the usual formula. Like, yeah. yeah, and the the writer is like you, you, he even admits is like we we're out of ideas. We we're just kind of rushing to get it done. It came out like nine Which months. Which one's the after Bride the of Chucky? One. That's four. Okay, is that any good? That one's okay. That yeah. one where they skew more comedy. Yeah, and then Seed of Chucky, which is the one I last watched. That movie goes nuts. That movie is ham. It's like full slapstick comedy. It's I wouldn't say it's bad, but it's yeah, it's, it's out there. And <laughs> I kind of dig it, but I'm also kind of like, oh, I understand why people hate this movie. And yeah, but I think what's interesting, and I'm looking forward to finishing the last because there's seven original movies, and I've watched five. And then and after the show? yeah after the seventh they they did a remake without the involvement of the original cast or crew, which is a cynical Hollywood rights kind of thing. Um, and then after that, the original creator got to come back and do a TV show that's set in the original timeline. So I'm gonna just do the whole thing. So I'll report back um, when I finish that. Nice. But I think what's yeah what's really interesting is that Don Mancini who wrote the first. He wrote all the movies except for the remake. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of, you know, a lot of the same crew and cast have been uh, involved in all the movies and now the TV show. 
and I think that's rare for a lot of horror movie se- sequels where they just kind of get cheaper and yeah. and more disconnected and you know the creator dis- disappears and might come back later but this is interesting because it's like the same guy writing it yeah, yeah. every time so yeah it's an interesting it's coherent series yeah it's yeah. a weird question but yeah chucky's name would that be charles so okay so this is a serial killer charles lee ray okay yeah there you go who inhabits uh is about to die after being shot yeah, by the police yeah, yeah. and uses voodoo magic because Hollywood reasons yeah. to uh, put, the child's put his soul into a child's doll. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> it gets very convoluted. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like snake's hair got it done. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I watched, uh, the midnight club. Uh, the is first, that good? the first five episodes, there's 10 episodes. So I watched half. Um, I haven't seen it yet. It's enjoyable. Uh, it's co-created by Mike Flanagan. Yeah. Mm, of, who, who did Haunting of Hill House, yeah. Haunting of Blind Manor, Midnight Mass, <sighs> yeah. Dr. Sleep. Such a talented guy. Just great horror director. Um, so, of course, his involvement was what made me want to watch it. Is it good? It's more skewed mm. like to a teen audience, I think. I read that and that's the thing um, that's been keeping me off watching ba- it so it's, far. It's based on a teen, I think, a young adult horror series. Um, but kind of like Fear Street, it's like the, the kind of young adult version. Um, yeah. but no, it's good. I like, I like it. I'm enjoying it. And it's got that, it's got that element of, it's got an anthology element where the kids get together and tell scary stories and then the stories are told yeah. uh, on screen. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, and then it, there's an overarching plot where it's got all that stuff we like, where it's like they discover a a secret compartment in the basement and there's a yeah. book in there that explains the lore and there's a cult and so it's got Sweet. all that cool stuff. It's worth watching. And it's got a lot of actors from Mike Flanagan's yeah. previous like which it. he reuses a lot of actors. Yeah. So which which cool. also it's it's a good thing when it's of, fun when it's you go, fun. Oh that's yeah, the guy yeah. who played the guy in Haunting yeah. of Hill House or whatever. I um I finished The Witcher season two. What did you think? Should we talk about this on another episode? Honestly, I don't <laughs> have strong. I don't have strong. I, it's I not that know. good, right? No, the, so the first half sucked. I yeah. didn't like the first half. The second half was stronger, but not strong enough to make it a good season overall. Yeah. I preferred season one. Everything they do with Yennefer was bullshit. Garbage. Yeah. Just, they have no idea what they're doing. They're just making stuff up. They're deliberately not following the books. It's not that just they don't have time and budget, which is yeah. a problem. They deliberately think they're smarty pantses. Yep. The Wheel of Time yeah. problem. Anyway. Yeah. No, I don't want to do a whole episode on it because there's not, like, honestly, no, it's no, no, not no. worth yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's not. I I, I'm giving it one more season. If the third season doesn't pick up pick up the writing yeah. side, I'm done. Same with Rings of Power. If Rings of Power finished... I haven't seen it. I, I'm going to have to get into that. Yeah. I, I, divisive, I read. It's a, uh, it's a slog, I would say. Yeah. I watch it week to week. I don't think I could... I You know me. I like to binge things. I don't like watching things week to week. I watch it week to week. I don't think I could binge it because I'd have to stop every <laughs> once in a while. So I guess it's yeah. good that I watch it week to week. Anyway, one more horror thing and then I'll shut up. But this, like to share, like we said, share why I yeah. love movies. I like watching movies. Yeah. Um, I rewatched the original Nosferatu. Oh, nice. Which is a movie I've seen... I haven't seen it many times before because I actually love that movie. Yeah. I think it's the best. It's not accessible on Blu-ray really, is it? Yes, it's very accessible. 
So you can just like go to a store and buy it? Not in Australia. Successful oh. online. <laughs> See, this, this is the problem, you know? Yeah. Um, it, it's 100 years old this year. 1922, it came out. Um, silent film. Uh, I think it's probably... Iconic, yeah. yeah. I think it's still the best uh, Dracula adaptation. So what happened was um, the director, F.W. Murnau, German director, couldn't get the rights to make Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. Uh, Bram Stoker's widow wouldn't give him the rights. So he changed some of the names... And he made it anyway, and he called it Nosferatu instead of Dracula, and instead of Count Dracula, it's Count Orlok, and it's the same basic story. Um, That's fine, whatever. But it works really well. I love the design of Nosferatu, the vampire, like he's got this weird, uh, yeah, otherworldly creature look to him. Uh, It's not just a normal Dracula guy in a cape kind of thing. Yeah. Um, And it's, yeah, it's one of the most influential horror movies, one of the first kind of quote-unquote modern horror movies if you can say yeah. that um and i love it and i got on blu-ray and i decided to re-watch it since it's the 100th anniversary and then i watched shadow of the vampire which is oh, a yeah. movie that came out in 2000 yep which is a fictionalized kind of account of the making of nosferatu yeah where willem dafoe plays the actor who played nosferatu the vampire yeah. max shrek but the premise is that Max Shrek was actually a real vampire yeah, 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 yeah. and that F.W. Murnau, <laughs> the director, played by uh, John Malkovich in Shadow of the Vampire, <laughs> was using him to basically kill real people on screen and filming it and basically being like, this is going to be great. <laughs> um, it's a fun, it's a fun, weird movie. Um, um, yeah. And then I watched Nos- Nosferatu, the vampire, which is Werner Herzog's remake of the original silent film yeah he made it in 1979 i think came out um and with uh klaus kinski as nosferatu um and that that's a really good movie too you know very um, did you cap it off by watching nosferatu but um by um oh nos for yeah. uh, <laughs> 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 i've never seen that it's, no, ba- it's based on a joe hill yeah, thing, it is right? apparently <laughs> it didn't look it didn't look very apparently good. mid yeah, it it looked awful, but when I saw Joe Hill, I'm like, it can't be that bad, right? Yeah, I know. It's the like, TV talent, yeah, talent runs in the blood. I'm sure the book's we... okay, but... Yeah, yeah, but yeah. the adaptation, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Werner Herzog, we talked about him uh, before. What a gem. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he, he was talking about how he his movies don't really fall into a genre. Yeah. But this is the first time he made a genre movie, because it's technically a horror movie. Yeah. Um, but it's all it's got all of his... Um, trademarks he knows weirdness. how to bring out emotion in his film yeah he's such a great guy such a great director i should say i don't know yeah. if he's a great guy. <laughs> i'm assuming i don't know him personally <laughs> yeah. um but yeah that was that was a good movie too um so yeah i'm old nosferatu out and uh i'm looking forward you know what to... i've never seen hmm. i've never seen salem's lot either i like salem's lot it's it's a tv movie so it's kind of dodgy and it's very 70s, like the hair and yeah. stuff, which yeah. I kind of like. Um, and as an adaptation of the book, it's probably not very good. But I kind of like it, one, because the vampire looks like Nosferatu. Yeah. Um, and I dig that. Um, but yeah, I just, I like that kind of weird 70s TV yeah. movie. Yeah. Like, I've never seen horror. it. Yeah. You know what's it's fasc- pretty cool? What's fascinating about that story is mm. he continues that story in the Dark Tower series, uh, books. 
because it's all crossed over to yeah. a shared universe. You know how the priest disappears or whatever? Yeah. He goes on to have adventures in the Dark Tower. Cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. No, I watched like, so I watched Sam's Sam's Lot last Halloween. Um, again, yeah. I'd seen it a few times. Oh, I've and gotta uh, watch it. Yeah. Robert Eggers, who who directed uh, The Witch and uh, The Northman and um, the, Lighthouse. the Lighthouse, he apparently wants to make a new Nosferatu. Oh. Which he's been trying to get made for years. They said it was cancelled; it wasn't going to happen. But then late lately, I've heard that it's actually back on. Interesting. So that would be interesting. Yeah, it's, he'd, be a very, he'd a have mo- an interesting take. Yeah, it's a movie where I'm like, no, the silent movie is perfect. Oh, the Herzog, I guess the Herzog ver- version is good too. I, we don't need any more. But if he did it, I would be interested in seeing it. Yeah. Because um, I really dig his movies. Yeah. So, yeah. Nice. The magic of movies, you know? Yes, I love movies. Maybe we should, uh, yeah, try to do something. I mean, well, we always said, like, we should do more positive reviews. Mm, yeah. But yeah, we should maybe just start the mo- start the show. We love movies. That's why <laughs> yeah. we talk about them, not because yeah, we yeah, like yeah, complaining. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't actually like complaining. Like I said, talk about podcasts, make it excited. You know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it came through on the show, but I'm like, I love it so yeah. much. Uh, you know, movies so, are awesome. It's like I'm like, going to watch the Lost Boys, and it's like I'm so excited to yeah, Lost Boys sink awesome. my teeth into it. You'll ah. love it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Careful, it's not worms. Wink, wink. That's a uh, maggots, I should say. That you'll you'll know what that means when you see them see the movie. Yeah. Right, well, I think we're all out of time for tonight, guys. Yeah. Yes, um, I've rambled on enough. No, it was pretty good. It was I good. bored you all to death. No, no, no. I have my phone. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I enjoyed this conversation. I thought, it was, I thought he's no, not no. Christian. He's joking. No, we have fun. Um, we have fun. I'm not Christian yet. No. I enjoy talking so. positive stuff, you know. The vibes are so yeah, nice. I like the energy. Especially like, like good class, like classic 80s, 70s, yeah. 80s. The vibes are so nice whatever, in the yeah. studio. What's your favorite... 80s horror movie let oh, us know God, oh, The Thing <laughs> yeah. yeah baby the best text in let us know your favourite horror movie yeah I don't yeah. know James I think I prefer the remake that's a joke that's a joke a remake that's technically a prequel that's still yeah. that's just called The Thing yeah <laughs> again see it's like the Hellraiser for the thing. a, pre- the a thing. prequel a pre-re pre-remake pre-reboot cool, cool. God, pre, pre, I hate Hollywood. <laughs> See, yeah. it always comes back to the same. It's like well, we love movies. We hate the industry. We hate the industry uh, hates movies yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We love movies, but the people who finance the movies don't like them at all. They're all pencil pushers. The yeah. kids, I don't know. Yeah. That's a big problem. Maybe we should become movie producers. Oh, that was my. I wanted to become a director, but then I went to film school and I was like. Australia is not the place to be for this kind of <laughs> yeah. thing, and going to film school is not a good. Yeah, better to be the people with the money. You know what I mean? Then you can just green light shit. Yeah, you want to be Jeff Bezos and be like, "Hey, Lord of the yeah. Rings, here's all the money." I want to be but Weinstein. Also you want to be creative. You want to be Weinstein I've... without all the allegations. Uh, well, and you want to be a good guy with all the money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing when you're like, you know what? I want to win the Powerball, hundred million dollars. What would you do with it? I'd make movies. Yeah. Just like short, See, small okay. budget movies. Uh, we, we're gonna <laughs> we'll end the show because now this is going off off the rails. Yeah. But like, I would love to do that. But then I'd feel bad. I'm my the socialist in with me would just be like, no, we have to actually fix the problems first. Yeah, that's also true. Because that's I'm why you like, want to have enough money to make cool stuff, but not enough money to change anything, James. You got to learn. Got to learn how to yeah, game the yeah, system. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fair enough. Because the minute you have money to actually achieve, like solve problems I should say yeah. that's when things get hard like you want to have enough money where it's like you're a joke to the rich people 
but yeah. you're above but the you poor can, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that sweet spot. But then I'd, still, I'd feel bad. I'd be like, I gotta, but I'm going to help the poor man. You know how you help that poor man? You make them good movies. Make art. art is important. We talked about this. Film promoting empathy through film. Changes the world. Art. There's a reason knowledge through art. Look, there's a reason in most dictatorships, the first thing that a band is, is yes. art. Yeah. That's it. Burning books. That's what There's the fascists reason. do. Yeah, they that's, that's what they're still doing to this day. This is not an old thing. Yeah, they thing. ban they're books, they it. ban movies, they yeah. ban songs. That's they blame that's violence on video games instead of their own that's it. laws. And this is sound like a Saturday episode. <laughs> All right, we'll finish yeah. up. See, real. it is a horror episode because the real world is more horrific than any crazy yeah. stuff you've ever seen in a horror movie. It really is. It's crazy. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Climate change is real. <laughs> um, that's it <laughs> the scariest thing of all Scare climate change <laughs> yeah. um, thanks for listening everybody some, I'm Keep. sure someone's done that done like a, haunt, a haunted house horror, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Halloween decorations but it's just like all bad things from real that's it that would, would be just too dark project water yeah. just rising as you're going oh. <laughs> this, this show got dark even <laughs> for a Halloween episode <laughs> where we talked about yeah. Hellraiser torture demons <laughs> uh, thanks for listening everybody yes we will end the show before we go off really yeah. off the rails um, please like and share the Tuesday Review Facebook page the Twitter uh, and the Instagram get us noticed but every like at the moment the only people that comment are bots um, <laughs> yeah trying to like bots? promote them yeah yeah. But we do get likes, you know, so we know there's listeners yeah, out there. We yeah. appreciate you. Yeah. We'll have listeners when AI is a thing. When the, when the bots achieve sentience, uh, then we'll get comments on the Facebook Please don't page. derail us again. Yeah. You can listen to all the other um, episodes on um, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen with your RSS feed. Yep. Um, we'll be back next week. Adios, cousins. <laughs>